Hi, and welcome to Enriched Perspective with Mike and Talisha Wallace, where we seek to shift paradigms through the exploration of biblical principles. I'm Mike. And I'm Talisha. Welcome Welcome to to the the podcast. podcast. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about beyond reasonable doubt. And we're going to be walking through the Bible and discussing some circumstances and some stories um, that would cause a reasonable person to actually doubt. Uh, To start, I would like to read a few scriptures in your hearing. They can be found in Romans chapter 4, verse 20 and verse 21. And it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Who is this scripture talking about? So this particular passage of scripture is actually talking about Abram, who became Abraham, who we know as the father of Isaac and Ishmael, and also the grandfather of Jacob, who became Israel. In this scripture, Paul was explaining or expressing was the faith that Abraham had um, as it related to the promises of God. Um, In Genesis, when you talk about uh, the story of Abraham, it begins with uh, God calling him away from his kindred. Uh, He as well as uh, Sarah, as well as uh, Lot, who was his nephew, were called to go to a place that God would show them, him, rather. And he said that I would bless you. Mm -hmm. You know, I would cause you to become a father of many nations. So Abraham, because he believed God uh, without any hesitation, he packed up his things, uh, took his wife, uh, took his nephew, and took everything he had, and began to go on this journey This Mm -hmm. journey eventually led him, you know, to a place, I think it was Canaan, and God showed him the land and told him that he was going to give it to him. And, of course, he reiterated the fact that he would also become a father of many nations or that he would bless his seed Mm -hmm. and that it would be great. Abraham, like any reasonable person, I mean, he was about 75 years old when he was called out. He said, you know, I, I don't have any kids. (laughs) And yet you're saying I'm going to be a father of many nations. Right. Fast forward some 10 years or so had passed and, you know, God came and he reiterated what he had said to him prior, you know, that he was going to bless his seed and that he was going to be a father of many nations, you know, that he was also going to give him the land. He was going to be great. His name was going to be great. And Abraham was like, well, quite frankly, I don't have any kids. And he said, the only thing that I have is the servant. And according to custom at that time, if you had a servant in your household and you didn't have a, a rightful heir who was of your DNA, then the servant would become the heir. And God told him, no, I'm actually going to make you an heir through your seed or through your bowels. Right. And again, this is 86-year-old Abraham wow. or Abram at the time, sorry. And now he's like, okay. So... Um, Sarah, of course, she was barren from the time that they left because I believe in Genesis, the 11th chapter towards the end before they went on their journey. uh, One of the things that they used to describe Sarah was that she was barren. So she had been barren 65 at the time that they left. And now she's about 75 or so. And God said that I'm going to Abraham through you, through your bowels, I'm going to give you an heir. So Sarah, you know, According to their customs, because she couldn't have a child, she had a handmaid who was Hagar, as we know. So she gave her to wife to Abraham. And Abraham went in and laid with her, and she got pregnant. 
Mm-hmm. Sarah got mad, paraphrasing, <laughs> and she kind of kicked her out for a second, and Hagar was all in her feelings, but God, the angel came to her and kind of told her what she had, the child, and she went back. So she had Ishmael, Hagar. So here we are. Abraham is about 86 years old. He does have a child, Ishmael, who was of his bowels, you know, so it's his DNA. And, of course, we all would think that surely this is the heir that God had spoke of when he gave him the promise. Fast forward, now Abraham, about 99 years old. And God comes back to him again and reaffirms the covenant and then also goes as far as to say as a token or as a sign of the covenant between me and your seed you know, I'm going to circumcise. I want you all to be circumcised. Everybody from every male and then every male that comes through from that point forward should be circumcised. So, and then he also, in a, just a weird twist, says, oh, by the way, Abraham, um, I'm still going to bless you <laughs> and your seed and you're going to be as the, you know, stars of the heaven and the sand of the sea. And, um, you know, it's going to come through your bowels. And he said, well, I, I got Ishmael. And God said, no, it's going to be through your wife, Sarah. And, of course, now Sarah's like 90 years old, so she crusties all outdoors. (laughs) And Abraham, crusty, he's 99, you know. And he knew he was crusty. I mean, he was like, surely, (laughs) you know, I got Ishmael right here. Why can't we just use him? You know, he's of my lineage, you know, of my heritage. He's a male factor. But God said, no, I'm going to use Sarah. And even Sarah, she laughed after she eventually heard, you know, when the angels came back after they were getting ready to go um, to the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. They stopped and Abraham talked with the angels and they began to discuss things. And he said, where's Sarah, your wife? And he told him that around this time she's going to be with child or she's going to have a child. Right. And she heard it, you know, eavesdropping. <laughs> she was like, are you kidding me? I'm, again, I'm paraphrasing. How, how am I 90 years old? Am I going to, you know, have enough in me to be able to lie with you know Abraham who was again he up there too for us to you know be able to conceive and she laughed within herself and angels why did she laugh (laughs) he says there anything too hard for God and then she of course she was afraid and she said well I didn't laugh and he's like yeah you did Mm -hmm. and I said all of that to say this um as it relates to this particular topic we're talking about beyond a reasonable doubt If ever there was an opportunity to find reasons to doubt what God had said and to doubt the promise that God had, you know, spoken of, Abraham had every reason to doubt at a multitude of steps along the way of his journey. Yeah, that was some lot lot of years in between the promise and the reiteration of the promise. There was a lot of space in between for him to. To, to doubt God, but he still, as the Bible says, he staggered not. He he held on to what God had told him and promised him. Yeah, I mean, he was what, 75 when God told him to leave. Then he was 86 before God spoke to him again. And then it was 99. Wow. And that's overall was the span of about, what, about 25 years. Wow. And the thing was, is God's promise never changed. But over the course of that time, there was more clarity given to the promise and the instruction as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the one of the things that I kind of really enjoyed about that particular story is most of the time people would point to Sarah and say she was trying to jump the gun and she was trying to kind of force God's plan. But in all reality, when you look at it, 
she didn't even know that she was really a part of the plan. Yeah. Not until the very end when she was 90 years old. That's when she was first told or she first understood that this promised child or this heir was going to come through her. Mm-hmm. Everything before that, God was really speaking directly to Abraham and saying it was through his seed and through his bowels. Mm-hmm. And of course, for him, even he didn't get that until he was 86. He just said, at first, you're just going to be a great nation. Mm-hmm. And he really tell him how. And then that's why when he came to him second time, he said, well, according to our customs, again, the, the person that would be the heir is my servant because I don't have a son. I don't have a, a, a natural heir. Right. And God said, no, I'm not going to use him, which is according to your customs, but you're going to have a child. Wow. And then, again, my wife is barren. She's been barren since I've known her, mm-hmm. ever since I've been with her. Never mm-hmm. changed my love for her, but the reality is is she couldn't have no kids. Right. And now we're trying to figure out, okay, it's going to come through my bowels, and she's probably understanding it too because she didn't say through her, okay, our customs again. Mm-hmm. If you have a woman that's barren, um, she can give her handmaid to her husband, and the children that she produced mm-hmm. are as if they were her own. So she probably didn't think nothing of it, and she probably assumed that this was a part of the plan of God, and this was the plan of God. So she gave Hagar to wife, Mm -hmm. um, Abraham, or Abram at the time. And, of course, immediately she conceived. So you know it wasn't really Abraham that had the problem. Nope. Nope. And now they got a child as as a male factor, you know, so we're good to go. And then God come back again and say, nope. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you kidding me? Especially for the the amount of time. <laughs> right. Another oh. what, 13, 14 years have passed now. Yeah. The, the Ishmael about 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, and surely. And now you tell me, I, I got to do this. I, he don't count. <laughs> it's no. like, are you? And again, a reasonable person would say, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. This just ain't going to happen. You know, I can't. I can't do this. I'm 99 years old. And even if I'm able to, it's very evident that Sarah is not going to have a child. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is her name was changed Mm -hmm. to mean mother of nations. And that's probably what caught Abraham. It's like, wait, what? Mm. It's like, she ain't having no kids. She ain't going to have no kids. At 90, that ain't happening. Mm -hmm. But they believed God in spite of the circumstances that they were dealing with yeah. all throughout the journey that Abraham had taken. There was different circumstances that would have caused any reasonable person to be like, no, mm-hmm. this this just ain't going to happen. This is impossible. Right. Now, the funny thing is, is there were things that God was doing. Of course, he was blessed as he went on his journey. Everywhere he go, everywhere he went, rather, God had um, blessed him. He had got riches. He got different um, cattle. You know, he increased in his substance in every turn when he went to Egypt, when he went to the different locations that he was sojourning in. God materially blessed him, but he still didn't have an heir. Wow. And it was like, and now you're telling me this is how it's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, that's a hard one to swallow. Yeah, that's just not reasonable. No, it's not reasonable. It's not rational. Definitely not rational. Mm-hmm. One thing I do like about this story is that Abraham's faith in God just, it it showed throughout the entire story because whatever God told him to do, he did it. He told him to leave his family. He left his family and his kindred. He just up and did it. He trusted God so much to where he didn't ask a lot of questions. He just obeyed God. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think we all struggle with at times. Uh, when God gives us a word, 
it's very challenging for us to just obey. Mm-hmm. Usually it's we're trying to psychoanalyze it and break it down, yeah. look at our current circumstances and our situations and see if it really fits or even try to rationalize in our own minds if it's feasible mm-hmm. for what God has told us to come to pass or to become a reality in our lives. Right. Try to, as my daughter said, make that make sense. <laughs> exactly. You know. And sometimes what God tells us just does not make sense for where we are in the moment. And speaking of that, I mean, when you look at Joseph, he was in a situation where, again, I think you know the story, and I'll let you kind of tell the story, but I'll just start it, where he had a dream. Mm -hmm. And if you know about Joseph, of course, he was the the son of uh, Rachel, who was the wife that Jacob loved. Yes. He was the 11th you know, of the 12. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, he was favored above all the rest mm-hmm. um, because, of course, he was the child of the woman that Jacob loved. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows the story about the coat of many colors. But as you go down, of course, he had that dream. <laughs> and it's like, it was that dream. Yeah, um, God has showed him in a vision that, you know, he had, in so many words, his brothers and his father and his mother would all be bowing down to him. And that just rubbed everybody <laughs> from daddy all the way down just the wrong way yeah. to the point where, you know, he was hated by his brother. And, and this is where it gets really interesting. Even though God had showed him that he was going to be kind of the head and he was going to be in charge and he was going to be kind of like the, the leader. Right. He went a completely different direction. Yes. Yeah. Just. He goes from telling them, "Hey, you gotta be bowing down to me, and I'm gonna you're gonna be serving me," and to the point, like you say, they conspired to actually literally kill him. True. And if it wasn't for his other brother, they would have killed him. Instead, God had a different plan for him. He had him get sold to some people on their way to Egypt. He ends up in Egypt. He ends up serving in Egypt. Um, he was doing really well as even as a slave. The person that he was under saw that God was with him. There was something special about this young man. Um, He was promoted in his house. He was like to the point where the, his slave owner didn't even know what he had. He had entrusted Joseph with everything. True. We can't deny that God was with him. Apparently Joseph's dream may have, may have been in his mind coming to pass. Like, Oh, I'm rising to the top. They're going to be bowing down to me eventually. But it took a sharp turn to the left when his, um, slave master's wife tried to get him to sin with her and he wouldn't do it and she lied on him and he ends up in prison definitely not on the road to success from most people's reasonable mindset like you don't go to jail and come back you know you don't go to jail if you're on the road to success True. Um, prison is not on that list normally <laughs> so even when he was in prison Joseph was favored in prison no matter where he went God was with him Years went by, and uh, I don't really know how long he was in prison, but I know he was in prison, and he he um, interpreted a couple of dreams for some people, and he was known, and he helped the the baker. There was a baker that got through in prison, and a butler got through in prison, and they both had dreams on the same night. Couldn't interpret them. They were worried, and Joseph was like, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? And so they told him the dreams, and he interpreted the dreams, and they came to pass. One lived and one died. The one that lived, he said, hey, don't forget about me when you come out of here in three days. Don't forget about me. But I think it was a span of two years 
and the butler forgot about him. Joseph's still in prison, doing his thing. Um, time came where the Pharaoh had a dream. He couldn't, he couldn't understand it. He couldn't interpret it. Then the butler remembered Joseph, like, oh, I know someone. <laughs> and so Joseph gets out of prison. He gets all cleaned up. He comes in and he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And it was a dream that was, um, it was a warning for what was to come to Egypt. Joseph was able to interpret the dream and use the wisdom from God to um, spare the life of Egypt and all those that were around and make Egypt a greater nation. That Pharaoh recognized Joseph's gifts and abilities and his potential. Joseph was once, was once again promoted. He was the second man in charge. He had everything going good for himself again. So eventually the dream that he did have came to pass. It just didn't come in the way we would have thought it would have came. Easily, no problems, just straight through. I had this dream, boom, here it is. It's nice. So <laughs> it didn't work that way. So Joseph had to keep in the back of his mind, well, I had this dream. You know, he had to believe beyond his situation that it was going to come to pass. And we're talking about beyond a reasonable doubt. Sometimes your situations are just not going to look like what God showed you. He might show you the end, but he don't show you that middle part. And that's usually the parts where we kind of fall off or get a little doubtful or afraid because it don't look like what you think it should look like um, to your um, reasonable, rational self. So. And that is true. It's hard <laughs> when you have such randomness, yeah. for lack of a better way of saying it, in your life. I mean, like you said, when you go from being beloved by your father to being in a pit and about to get killed to now going to the slavery, getting slow sold, and then get, going from slavery to prison, and now you're sitting in prison. Now, me personally, I'd have been like, <laughs> that's the end. That's it. Yeah. And that would have been like when I got put in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it just, it wouldn't make sense. I couldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be able to personally rationalize how I had this dream and now how am I sitting in such a dire condition or situation. And that's where, again, these heroes of faith really differ mightily from a lot of us, myself included. Yeah. Like I say, circumstances sometimes can get, you know, so sideways compared mm -hmm. to what you expect and what yeah. you would like to see in your life that is very difficult for you to hold fast to whatever it is that God told you. Yeah. And again and also in the situation to still operate with the spirit of excellence mm -hmm. i mean because again i know i would have been in my feelings all day yeah and just another point he was 17 when he started out yeah i think he was like 30 and yes. you went through all your developmental young man you know like what is going on you right know, i would have been all in my feelings i mean yeah. just mad you know, would have felt justified for being upset and angry for what had happened to me. Mm -hmm. You and know, your, all, your brothers like, oh, let me, I'm going to get, you know, right. just to have the heart that he had when he was reunited with his brothers was like, oh, no, this was all God's will. Because if it hadn't happened, they would not have been spared in the in the famine. And quite frankly, he wouldn't have been there. No. I mean, sometimes and that's the part we don't always see is the things that we have to go through and the things that we have to deal with, while they might seem rough and they might seem random at times, they're necessary to yeah. get us to where God would have us to be. Because quite frankly, our own abilities and our own might and strength is just not sufficient for some of the places that God wanna take us. Yeah. And if we try to do it on our own accord, first of all, we're gonna make a mess of things because yeah. we're gonna 
we're going to try to do it our way and, and our way is not necessarily going to be considered of others. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely. We're going to take the path of least resistance. Yeah. You know, we're going to try to short circuit all of the, the headaches, the heartaches, the pains, the struggles, even though those things are necessary to give us perspective or to give us empathy mm -hmm. or to give us um, just humility as well. And also to help us be appreciative and humble. Yeah. When we get to wherever it is God would have us to be. We skip all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why Why do I need to go to prison? <laughs> yeah. Why do, why do I need to be enslaved? You know, mm -hmm. I just don't get that. But for him to be able to understand that all of that was necessary for him, first of all, to get to where God wanted him to be. And then once he got where God wanted him to be, where the dream said he was going to be, to understand that all of this was also necessary, not just for my own benefit, but also for the benefit of others. Right. And that's when I can say that reasonable doubt kicks in real quick when mm -hmm. I can't see how I'm personally going to benefit. <laughs> yeah. I can reasonably doubt that this doesn't necessarily need to happen to me in order for me to become who I'm supposed to be because I don't see how this is helping me. Yeah. <laughs> Notice you're saying a lot of me's. A whole lot of me's. <laughs> and again, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that th these situations, these circumstances take a level of maturity that, I'm still working towards at times, you know, oh, yeah. still growing into, like I said, going back to Abraham just quickly, 25 years. Mm. I mean, Joseph was like, like you say, 13 years yeah. and it was his formative years. Like mm -hmm. I say, 17 to 30. Most of that time you spent a slave or yeah. somebody else's property or prison. Mm -hmm. But for Abraham, those 25 years really just wandering oh, my goodness. and kind of just going wherever the Lord says go without really having a, a clear definite destination and direction yeah that that takes something yeah that's what the bible said his was counted as righteousness absolutely because <laughs> that kind of faith i mean to trust god without seeing or without touching you know you're talking about the substance of things hoped for and the evidence <laughs> of things not seen <laughs> right yeah it's that weight that kills you just waiting and yeah. don't don't move don't 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 do anything. Just wait for me. And as an aside to that, even when God was dealing with Abraham and he showed him his lineage was going to go into slavery. Mm -hmm. He said 400 years would they be enslaved and her taskmaster. And then after the 400th year, he was sent to deliver and they would come out. Mm -hmm. And at that time, they would possess the land. Well, the way that they got to Egypt was through Joseph. Wow. See? And it's amazing how all of these things kind of just line up together. Mm-hmm. Like God showed Abraham, and he used Joseph to get them there. But now we're to move on to Israel themselves, Israel being the 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob. You know, they went in there, I think it was like 70-something souls or so, went into Egypt, and they grew into a nation <laughs> while they were there. Yeah. And if anybody knows the story, it's the book of Exodus. Uh, talks about Moses and how you know God called him and he began to lead the people. I'm skipping over a lot of pieces, mm -hmm. and the, eventually all the signs and wonders and miracles that were performed, you know, to get them to the point where Pharaoh would let them go. The last one being the the killing of the firstborn, and after that Pharaoh let them go. They left, um, went into the wilderness, and of course we know about the you know Moses raising his hand and the water banking up on both sides and they walked on across the Red Sea on dry land. And then they get into the other side, Israel, or sorry, Egypt destroyed. They have the promised land in front of them and 
now this is the part that I, <laughs> I want to talk about. Yeah. They're in a position to be able to now obtain the promise that God had given to Abraham some 400 plus years prior. Wow. The land. God said, I was going to give this land to your people, to your generation, to your lineage. And now they're in a position to actually possess the land. What did they do to leave? Uh, let's see. Well, when they first got across the Red Sea, they were all excited and happy and they had songs and dancing and all that fun stuff. Anyway, they were on their journey to the promised land. Got all the way up to, they knew where the promised land was and God told them it was theirs. So, you know, all they had to do was just go and possess the land. Some sort of way, some reasonable person got into their spirits and told them some realities that they may, maybe did not need to know. Because we were going to do this by faith. God was going to do it for them. But some, uh, what do they call it, realist <laughs> came along and said, we can't do this. We went and spied out the land and, and there's giants over there. Yeah, it's true what they say. There is flowing with milk and honey and the grapes are big and the it's just plenteous. It's great. But we look like grasshoppers to them. We can't do that. I don't know about that one. So they instilled some fear into the people. They got afraid. Their hearts melted. And some of them didn't get to make it into the promised land because they didn't believe what God had promised them. So because of their unbelief, they missed out on the promise. Indeed. And it's kind of funny because um, with them, again, they were right there. Yeah. And... God didn't actually tell them to even send a spy. They took it upon themselves to go and spy out the land. And in doing so, like you said, they saw the realities of the obstacles that were in front of them if they were trying to do it by their own strength. Right. And the thing was, as God said, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give, give it you to the you. land. But they were looking at it from the perspective of if we're going to get this land, it has to be by our own power, by our own might, by our own strength. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, our people aren't equipped mm -hmm. to be able to go over there and dispossess the Amalekites. Mm -hmm. they just too big for us. Yeah. And because of that, that one moment of doubt, mm -hmm. and it was, I think it was 12, 12 that went over. Right. Out of the 12, only two, I think it was Joshua and Caleb, were the only two, only two. that actually believed what God had said beyond a reasonable doubt. The other, what, nine or so or, or ten mm -hmm. were like, nope, we can't do it. Ain't going to happen. If we yeah. go over there, we're going to get killed. Our mm -hmm. kids going to perish in the wilderness because all of the men of valor and all of the parents and stuff going to die trying to possess this land. Let's go back to Egypt. Yeah, where we were slaves. <laughs> right. And mistreated. <laughs> <laughs> right. That, that's the kind of the thing that happens sometimes is like, where God brings us from and all of the different miracles and the, the wonders that he does to get us to where we are. Yeah. When it gets to the point where it's time to take that next step, we yeah. forget. Yeah. It's like all of that God had done in Egypt. Let's just start there. Yes. <laughs> in Egypt. I mean, all the different signs and wonders, the locusts, the, the, what it, just name it the the water turning to blood yeah. the light darkness. and darkness and hail. hail and all these different signs you know that he performed to cause people to believe 
Mm-hmm. And then you get out of Egypt, and uh, just for, as a reminder, you was a slave. Mm-hmm. You was under a hard taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, they had took away your your straw, mm-hmm. so you had to make bricks without straw. So mm-hmm. you were really under a heavy yoke of bondage. Right. And he delivered you from that. They and not mind you, they cried to the Lord for a deliverer. Exactly. So you wanted this. You wanted to get out. You wanted to be free, and he freed you. Yeah. And now that's one thing. That's uh, that's Egypt. Now he gets you out of Egypt, and now you got Egyptians trailing you real fast and hard, trying to, to bring you back into bondage. Mm-hmm. And then again, he performs the miracle of opening up the Red Sea and yep. providing a highway. This whole nation of people travel through, and then he consumes your enemy in the water. Right. And like you said, you was happy for a second. What is like if? What else do I need to do to prove to you that I can do anything? He fed them. He fed them. Even in the wilderness. That's in the wilderness. Now I fed you with manna. Yeah. And then if that were enough, I put quail as well. So it flow low enough so you can just knock it upside the head and kill it. Right. And you get to as much as you need it. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't spoil, you know, it wouldn't rot unless you got more than your provision. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you wanted water. And... I told Moses to smite the rock and water came out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what else can <laughs> I do for you? <laughs> Why are you doubting? Exactly. <laughs> if I said, like, if I've showed you my power, all, you know, I've been demonstrating to you that I love you. I'm with you. I'll fight for you. I'll protect you. Why would you get to the promised land? Right. Right. Was it three days? Three day journey? Up Very there? short. And you miss out and have to walk around for 40 years. <laughs> around your, your blessing because it was you wow. met someone that had i will admit it was a reasonable doubt yeah but we're talking about going beyond the reasonable doubt i know and this is what happens when you you choose not to go beyond the reasonable doubt oh. is you miss out on the blessing like you said now i got to spend the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness kind of going in circles because the promised land it didn't move. No. <laughs> so you know exactly where it is. You know what it looked like. You and know. You, them your grapes. <laughs> well, they was your grapes. Them your figs that and your, your cows and, and milk. And, and you seen your enemy eat it all up and just. Mm-hmm. And you chilling in the wilderness. Mm-mm. Eating quail. And, and eating manna. And they got to the point where they got sick of it. But that's your fault. But that was that was to. um kill off a gen- some people though they yes. they had to wonder to the the certain age died off because they were the ones that were unbelieved unbelieving yep oh. i think it was 20 and under were the ones that survived see only ones that were over that age that survived were caleb and joshua i see that the, I, doubting doubting is so dangerous true oh my goodness and again it's like I understand that there's you had good reason and, and it seemed and it would seem reasonable for you to doubt, but the consequences of your doubt are so severe. Yeah. You say we always want God to bless us, we want God to, you know, establish us, we want God to grow us, we want God to do all of these great things for us, and then when he begins to take us, you know, through the things necessary to get us to where he wants us to be, we be like no, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's too much. That's unreasonable. It's not I, comfortable. Exactly. And then when he finally gets you to the point where you're ready to s- receive it, it's like, that's too big for me. That's mm-hmm. not for me. It's, yeah. it's, it's a constant 
kind of battle that you you're going through right. with yourself to make sure that you're not in the situation where you are looking at it too reasonably. Mm-hmm. Because when it comes down to what God says, you almost have to be somewhat unreasonable in your thinking. Yeah, you know, we missed one, Noah. Yeah, that's at the beginning. Yeah, and <laughs> if ever there was somebody that should have been reasonable or it would have been reasonable to understand their doubts and apprehensions it'd be him mm-hmm. and you talk about waiting preparing for an event that never occurred never it's going to rain up until that point the earth was actually watered by mist that came up from the ground right so there had never been an event like that before so could you imagine <laughs> you walk hey no how you doing hey oh what you building there oh i'm just building the ark What's an ark? What for <laughs> what? Well, you know, right. God said it's going to rain. What's rain? Um, I don't know, um, but it's coming. Yeah. So you want to join me? I know it's okay. You crazy? Right. And how long was he building that ark? It took him a hundred years. I couldn't imagine being that diligent. <laughs> right for something you've never seen. And then let's not forget that after he built the ark, now you're talking about animals coming from all over the place to inhabit the ark <laughs> it don't make sense it makes absolutely no sense to the reasonable mind not at all but they the bible says by faith he he would be warned to god of things not seen as yet moved with fear he prepared the ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world became heirs of the righteousness which is by faith and even the word bible said even genesis said but noah found grace yeah because at that time at the time of noah it was wicked continually and god was just tired of it he's like i'm not going to strive with my spirit will not strive with man always so he was going to destroy everything he created yep but noah found grace him and his family only eight souls were saved yep Um, God God promised that he was going to send the flood, and sure enough, the flood came. But to our our kind of subject, it took a, a beyond reasonable doubt type of faith Oh yeah, for him to continue to build, Yeah, given the circumstances in which you were living. Again, I couldn't imagine, you know, when you think about even today, where, like I say, we talk about the end of the world, Jesus is coming back, and just talk about salvation in general. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you know, some don't believe and they chide you or they might you know kind of uh, ridicule you or maybe you know make fun or whatever the case may be because they don't see or they don't believe Mm -hmm. that what you're saying is going to come to pass yeah and again people have been toiling ministering in in the field you know missionary work preaching you know at the churches so forth and so on outreach all these different venues and avenues and and, and ways to try to get the word out yeah. that Jesus is coming. But, again, some people don't believe. No. And reasonably speaking, I get it. I understand. It's been some years. Yeah. And you've been hearing the same message. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I have, too. I mean, it's even in the Bible that they were saying, y'all been saying that he's coming back. This was Bible days saying right. this. And now we're in the. Now we're in 2021. Yeah. You know, and we're still preaching the same message. Right. So I can understand why it would be difficult for you to accept the fact that he's coming. Yeah. And not only if if he doesn't come in your lifetime, he's still coming. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't come in your lifetime, that means you're going to die. And again, 
when you talk about beyond a reasonable doubt, we ain't never died before. No. I mean, I, I ain't. So only thing that I can use as my reference is what the word says. Right. And when it talks about the rich man who lifted up his eyes and hell, that's my only point of reference. Yeah. Talk about Lazarus, Lazarus being carried into Abraham's bosom. That's my only point of reference. Yeah. And I have to believe it to be so. Yeah, I mean, that's we we have built our lives on what the word of God says about eternity. Exactly. You know, we put away the the evils and the sins, believing that because I did this, I gave my life to the Lord. I believe he, when I got baptized, my sin was washed away. When I got filled with his spirit, I have eternal life abided in me. We're living what we believe. It's True. It's beyond reasonable doubt. Like, some people say, oh, you don't have to do all that. You don't have No, I'm going to do exactly what this word says, because when I die... I want to meet God in peace. Absolutely. You know, so I will live this life beyond what you think I don't need. Excuse me. <laughs> that is very true. Because, again, everybody has their opinion and everybody's entitled to that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that makes us who we are. God has blessed us all, you know, to be able to have opinions, but also to be able to have choice. Right. And I choose to believe. That's right. And, again, it's just like Abraham. He could have stayed. Mm-hmm. With his family, yeah, you know, he didn't have to. He didn't have to go. Nope. He didn't have to leave, nope. but he chose to. Yep. You know, because he trusted God and he believed God. Noah didn't have to start building the ark. No, I mean he could have just did like everybody else and you know lived it up and enjoyed his time on earth. Yeah, Joseph could have not have shared the dream. Just kept on kept yeah. it to himself and. They would have never had that experience. Or while he was in the midst of his, you know, transition through prison, he could have gotten bitter, mm-hmm. you know, and he could have just, you know what, forget this, you know, or even in slavery, he yeah. could have just succumbed to the temptation of Potiphar's wife. True. I mean, come on now. Yeah. She was, you know, she was looking nice. And he was, he was a servant. And he was young. And he was young. So, I mean, again, a reasonable man be like, I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> you know, she well, she told me to. And so, she ain't going to tell. I no. Mean, and he had the trust of his Potiphar, so he would have never known. No, he would have He would have got away with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. But because he said, I cannot do this sin against my God. Now, think about it. He in a strange country, nobody he knows around, nobody he's really accountable or need to be accountable to, but yet still he chose to hold fast to what he was taught told, right. chose to hold fast to to his beliefs mm-hmm. and the, and it got him put in prison <laughs> now does that's that make sense thing. make that make sense <laughs> that doesn't make sense like how you you really? get put in jail for doing the right thing right hmm. but yeah. it's not it doesn't make it sense it make no sense whatsoever but guy had a plan and again he could have he could have went a different way but he held fast to his integrity Mm-hmm. And he continued to operate in the spirit of excellence and it got him to exactly where he needed to be. Right. And that's why I figured about, you know, living this life, being holy, sanctified, you know, living it according to the word of God. Like I say, I'd rather do it this way, do it the way that it's written. Like I say, following the word of God and taking the time, energy and effort to understand it. So that I know what to believe. Right. You know, I know what actions I must take as a sign of my belief right. instead of just trusting somebody else to tell me, mm-hmm. but really taking the time to invest in my beliefs. Right. So I understand it. So I comprehend it so that when I do it, you know, I'm doing it with understanding. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I am operating beyond a reasonable doubt. Exactly. Beyond what yes. you think, beyond what you feel. 
I know what the word says. Right. Just like Abraham knew what God said to him, like Noah knew what God said to him. I know what God is saying to me. And because I know what he's saying to me, I'm not going to deviate from his directive and his plans and his instructions for my life. That's right. That about wraps it up to me. Yep. My, one of my favorite scriptures, it's in Proverbs. And it talks about trusting the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path, you know. True. So when you when you know God is telling you what to do and he's leading you, and even it may take longer than how you rationalize it in your mind, but just stay the course. Yep. You know, just like the GPS is in your car, you don't know where you're going, and it's telling you keep straight. You don't hear nothing for a while. You kind of keep looking like, okay, am I on the right? Am I on the right? Am I on the right way? And you purposely turn a wrong direction just for it to tell you, rerouting, make a U-turn. Go back on course. Re- mm-hmm. You know, just it kind of gets you back. You know, some people get nervous when they don't hear anything. You know, you want to hear something. Tell me I'm on the right track. But, like, when you trust in God, sometimes he don't say nothing. True. And, and usually when he does, it's the same thing he told you last year. Or this, It's not anything that's going to be deviated from his original promise. So just stay the course, whatever God spoke to you. And if God spoke to you, it'll come to pass. You know, like you said with that GPS, if you get off track, the funny thing is, is it'll redirect, but trust and believe that redirect is going to take a lot longer oh, yeah. than if you just stayed the course. Oh, yeah. It's, it is like Israel, you know, what could yeah. have took you like three miles. Mm-hmm. Now you're going 40 miles out the way because now you're on a one-way street and it don't end or it don't. Mm-hmm. there's no exit until you get 15, 20 miles down and then you can you know, do something. Yeah. So it behooves us to hold fast to whatever it is that God has told us, mm-hmm. what he said, spoken to us in our lives, and move with that. That's right. Like I say, we, we have a tendency to create our own words. <laughs> true, true, true. You know, we, we hold those to the bitter end. But i rather hear what God said. Yeah. Because those are the things that I can rest assured that he will mm-hmm. bring it to pass. That's right. Amen. Um, lastly, like I say that we're going to get out of here for this evening or for this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to hit on really quickly Mary and Joseph. Oh, good one. Now, the good reason one. why I wanted to hit on that is because it's two different people having two different experiences, but all for the same cause. Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, just picture in your mind if if you find out that your wife-to-be is pregnant. <laughs> picture in your mind how you would react and how you would respond and what a reasonable person would do knowing that it ain't your baby <laughs> or, <laughs> or if the woman how she gonna tell her soon to be husband um so yeah i'm with i'm with the child by the um, the lord holy ghost like blink, by the what blink blink <laughs> Imagine how you would feel. I I know me. I mean, I would have been, I would have been all kinds of in my feelings and probably saying all kinds of crazy stuff and probably would have put you away not not silently but very openly and loud. Mm-hmm. I would have been all kinds of mad. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. You gonna, you I'm gonna find <laughs> out you're pregnant, and I've had to find out you're pregnant. You didn't even tell me you're pregnant. I just kind of noticed that you kept bulging. You was getting kind of <laughs> interested. And then, then you go tell me that this thing is of the Lord. It's like, what in the world? Yeah, quit lying. Right. That like, would be, I mean, I could see the, like, <laughs> yeah, right. That, now, as Naya would say, make that make sense. 
Yeah, we're going we gonna to talk about making that make sense. Because naturally, that's not, you don't, that, no, no. That's not going to happen. No, <laughs> that don't it happen. It ain't happening. <laughs> Could you imagine how her family and people her around her may have been treating her or how she had to go, she had to go through some stuff too. You know, just the ridicule, the side eyes, side glances, the whispering, the gossip. Yeah. But imagine how I would have felt. Because <laughs> I didn't even get but no look, pleasure out of this. She was just minding her own business. She and here come this angel. Hell, Mary, you're going to have a baby by the Holy Ghost. That just, I'm sure that wrecked her entire life. She's about to get married. Yeah, I know. And I, so was I. I'm just saying. So where we coming from is Matthews. <laughs> oh my goodness. Matthews the first chapter, the eighteenth through the twenty fifth verse, and then also Luke, the first chapter, the fifth through the twenty fifth verse. We're talking about when Mary was told by the angel that she was going to be with child of the Holy Ghost, um, being a virgin. Wow. And espoused to be married. And espoused to be married. And even she was like, how in the world is this going to happen, seeing that I don't know a man? But the angel told her that it was going to be of the Holy Ghost. And she said, well, be it according to thy word. Right. And then you had Joseph, which we don't talk about much. But in the Matthews, it was talking about his experience, how he kind of noticed that she was prego. <laughs> and <laughs> then he had a dream. And the Lord told him that that thing that he's the child that she's carrying is of the holy ghost and that you know he shouldn't put her away because okay. he was at the point like look all right now uh i mm-hmm. mean i'm a nice guy but really i mean you're pregnant right and, and i'm i know i ain't the daddy <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> so it took you know the angel of the lord appearing to him in a dream and explaining to him that it was of the holy ghost and that he should not put her away but even beyond that you know that he should wait until after she has this child before he comes into her as husband. <laughs> wow. So he was put in a point of inconvenience as well. You got this young lady that he's espoused to, that everybody knows is pregnant, and it ain't your kid, but now you got to still love her, cherish her, honor her, treat her with respect and dignity, knowing and believing that this thing that she's carrying is of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, how how was the family dinners then, I wonder? And you got to understand, though, at that time, if it was according to the law, that she could be put away. Because, again, of course, they were espoused and they were betrothed. So it was, it, and it was just like they were married. Right. And in that regard, if you committed adultery, which they call it a fornication with anybody, while you're betrothed, first of all, you'd be worthy of death. And there was no. Uh, doubt about it that you were you did something because I mean, again reasonable person thing like only way you get pregnant is if you did something yeah that's so that's naturally yeah so if there ever was a, a situation where it required faith <laughs> in god beyond what would be a reasonable doubt it is this set of circumstance wow. um because again they didn't have in vitro they didn't have all of these dna tests plantations of you know cells and all this stuff in somebody they have all these medical methods and means for you know creating a pregnancy without actual old-fashioned way (laughs) right so this was unheard of this was just otherworldly and they had to go through the entire pregnancy with this weight and this burden of 
this is of the Holy Ghost. And not yeah. only that, after she had the child, when Jesus came of age, even some of the Pharisees, like, <laughs> we know who our daddy is. Yeah, who your daddy? <laughs> so, but the thing was, is all of this was so that prophecy yeah. could be fulfilled, so yeah. that the word of God would be fulfilled, yes. so that they would know exactly who he was, because this, this was one of the signs that mm-hmm. he was born of a virgin. That's right. You know, and it had to be so. And it took faith. Mary had that faith to believe. She said, at thy word, even though I don't understand it, even though I can't really quite grasp it, I believe you. I believe God. Yeah. And even Joseph, even though. <laughs> now, I'm sure that was, they had some <laughs> awkward, tense moments at times. Oh, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. But they believed God and they followed all the way through. Like yeah. I said, she had him. And like I said, we know the end of that story. Mm-hmm. And imagine if she didn't have that type of faith. She wouldn't be listed in the Bible as nope. Probably somebody highly else. regarded and favored as she is. I was right. Said she was blessed among women and highly, highly favored. favored, and it was because she believed yeah. God mm-hmm. beyond reasonable doubt. <laughs> you know, it sounds to me like these all these people had um, all these characters that, that we have discussed today um, were sp- special people called into something much higher and bigger than themselves true you know those levels of different levels of faith through each situation that we're in call for a deeper root deeper digging of faith especially abraham and all the different the years and then even after god gave him the promise that the test of his faith to sacrifice the child you know just there's different levels that god will take you to and then if we fall off we won't get the fullness of what God has for us, but he, he takes us through these levels for us to be ready for what he has for us. True. You know, and we get all uncomfortable and restless and impatient, and, and we'll miss the full promise. You ask God to give us strength and grace to go through the things he has set before us to make us who he wants us to be. Yeah, because the Bible says the trying of our faith, it work is patience. Yeah. It's that patience, hope. And hope make it not a shame. Exactly. And so. it said even Abraham in that same passage in Romans, I think a little bit above that, he said he hoped against, against hope. hope. And again, like I say, he, he realized the circumstances that he were in. He realized where Sarah was mm-hmm. physically. He understood where he was physically. But in spite of what he saw, in spite yes. of what he understood as a reality, he still trusted and believed God, and we have to do the same. Yes. And again, if we can do that, like you said, those levels, like I say, at each time, like I say, even with uh, with Abraham, God gave him a little bit more, a little bit more. He began to reveal more and more to him as he began to commune with him, as he had those encounters with him. God revealed a little bit more of what he had in store for him. Mm-hmm. And again, it took faith <laughs> because sometimes God will show you things that just doesn't seem possible. And we have to do like Mary at thy word. That's right. Be it, be it done unto me because I, I personally can't see that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where the pleasing God comes in because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So True. if we can say, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want me, I'm not going to ask any questions. Okay. And just watch God move. Yeah. You know? And so. it's personally, it's taking me time. Yeah. And I'm still learning. Yeah. As far as this is concerned. Like I said, there's some areas where I've 
definitely improved and I'm learning to calm down and, and trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. But then there's other areas I'm still learning how to submit and commit my ways to him. Yeah, I'm the same way. I get a little restless at times too. Like, now, Lord, I have all these things that I think I should be doing or you may call for me to do. But it's like, why is it not happening fast enough? It needs to happen now. Exactly. What's going on? Why, you know, and it's like, you're not ready for, you're not mature enough or you're not strong enough. You don't, you don't have enough experience. You don't have enough, you know, the patience and things that you need. Or else if you get it too soon, you don't know how to handle it. You know, so God knows exactly what he's doing. So that's where I trust in him. It's so imperative for us in our walk with God. And then those, and then you got to go back and look at the things that he's already done for you as well. Right. Don't do like Israel did and, and just completely dismiss all of the miracles, all the different signs and wonders that he's performed in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me personally, again, uh, there's quite a few different instances I can point to in my life where things happened in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily liked it to happen. But at the end of the day, when I look at the sum of the whole, and I see where God took me from, you know, and how he took me from there to the next. It's like, I can't help but say that it was God, you know, that that orchestrated it. Yeah. Would I have done it that way? <laughs> no. no. Of course not. <laughs> Absolutely in not. In a straight line. <laughs> you know, I want the fastest, the path of least resistance. But mm-hmm. also realize that going the way that he took me, it helped me. It matured me. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it taught me some things. It humbled me, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and that's those are good things mm-hmm. because then you can be ready for that next. Right. Like say said, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life, yeah. you know. And, again, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, you know, trying to make it happen on our own. Mm-hmm. And, quite frankly, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and it also deepens your relationship with God because he's proven oh, to you, like, hey, I'm with you. Don't you see what I'm, I opened that door for you. I closed that one for you. I put you in the face of these people. I took you out of this group. You know, different things are happening. You may yeah. not, oh, God is punished. I don't understand. But trust, if you, God is with you, everything he's doing is on purpose for a purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's orchestrated. It's planned. It's it's perfect mm-hmm. and again you don't see you only see as much as he shows you yes and you have to trust that he has the rest under control mm-hmm. and that's the part that we continually have to keep rehearsing in our minds and keep readdressing and mm-hmm. redressing ourselves with trust in the lord with all my yes. heart <laughs> not to your own understanding <laughs> in all my ways acknowledge him <laughs> And he will direct my path, the steps of a good, better order by the Lord. You know, all these different scriptures that we, you know, have in our kind of repertoire, but they have to become our reality. That's right. You know, in order for us to really be able to rest in Mm -hmm. the Lord. And they said the reason why they didn't enter in is because of unbelief. Mm -hmm. And he want us to enter into his promises. Whatever it is that he promised for you, for me, mm-hmm. he wants us to, to enter into those promises. He said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. And whatever that abundance is, he knows what it is for you. That's right. And he knows what your expected end is. But we have to trust him with it. Mm-hmm. We have to yield it over to him. And then even when there's a time where it feels like a reasonable person would think that this is really stupid. <laughs> No, it's so true. It makes no sense at all. Why are you doing this? Because God told me to. Why are you not doing this? Right. And it's because God didn't tell me to. 
and I y'all crazy. It's, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel you. But in the end, <laughs> see, I say we ain't talking about nothing that like crazy, crazy. Go kill your kids, nothing no, like that. No. I mean, but Mm-mm. you know, <laughs> sometimes it's just the Lord telling you to wait when everybody else is pushing you to move forward. Yeah, everyone feels like, and yourself included, that you deserve or you should be in a certain position or place and God is saying it's not time yet. Yeah. You know, or you've proclaimed what God has declared to you and now you in a pit. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> True. You know, get fired. Right. Use this. God said, don't be rich. How do you get fired? <laughs> right. Marriage start going on crazy and kids get to cutting up and like, what is going on? I just asked the Lord to have his way in my life. What is happening? Right. And all of a sudden, everything started going out of whack. Okay. Lord, is this really you? You start that, then that (laughs) doubt pop up like, Uh did God really say that? Because why is all this happening? Because if God was with you, that wouldn't be happening. God's people don't go through nothing. God's people, you know, you start having to fight and resist the devil from that angle. and Yeah. (laughs) Then that doubt, if you ain't careful, would bring about rebellion. Mm -hmm. Because you say, I love you. But I don't trust you, oh. <laughs> and because I don't trust you, I'm not gonna do with you what you're telling me to do. I'm not gonna do what you're directing or or compelling me or unctioning me to do because I really don't trust you. Oh. And now I'm disobedient, oh. you know. And and now you fall into the category of Israel. Mm-hmm. It was because of their disobedience and their doubt that caused that was a residual or a byproduct unbelief mm. well stay away from that unbelief true so in conclusion All right then. <laughs> one of my favorite topics so indeed beyond reasonable doubt yeah we have to trust god and you'll find that in a lot of our conversations it inevitably goes back to that in some way shape or form because that's really the root Mm -hmm. of all that we are and all that we do it's trusting god is believing god trust is equivalent to faith that's right so if you trust god beyond a reasonable doubt that whatever he's told you whatever he's leading you to do however he's instructing you and his word in and of itself is true you will get to your expected end whether it be in this life or in the life to come. Well, that's our time. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode has further enriched your perspective. Until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm Talisha. God God bless. bless.